You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So, this morning, um, we are going to carry on with our theme of identity in Christ. Um, And we're going to specifically look at how we are his workmanship. And last week, Tyler, um, on the big screen chatted with us really about being, I think, in many ways, that our identity in Christ being being little Christs. I mean, that's really uh, what he talked about, how we take wherever we go, the Lord is with us. And, um, and Chris has coined the phrase in the past of being um, carriers of his presence. And that's truly who we are. And, um, and so that was a great uh, message that Tyler shared with us and just again encouraging us and reminding us that um, that as we go out into the community um, the Lord is with us and we are we are Jesus to others and um, and that should really I think um, excite us because Jesus did some really cool things and we get to do really cool things as well when we minister in his name and so this week, as I said, we're going to be talking about how we're his workmanship. And um, before we go to this particular scripture, which is Ephesians 2.10, I want to share a few areas um, of struggle in my own life that, that often tries to tell me that God's workmanship isn't very good. And I bet you if I was to take time to kind of go around the room there would probably be a few of you that could also say, yeah, there's some areas that, that I struggle in as well. And, um, and you've probably heard the scripture about where his workmanship before, and yet sometimes you look at yourself and go, oh, I don't know, it ain't very good sometimes. But um, So I just want to share a couple of things in regards to just, I guess, areas that I've struggled with. And actually, um, this past week, Tyler and myself and Chris were chatting about how challenging it is for many Christians to actually walk in their identity for their lives because of like their current situation or their current realities, their current circumstances. And often these realities, these circumstances speak louder than God's truth for our lives. How many have been there before where we know what God's word says, but our reality, what we're facing speaks a lot louder. So really our prayer for the church, um, this church and the campus in, in Burgess Hill over the next few weeks is that we would hear that we would receive and that we would be transformed right by his word. So we will live to God's intended capacity for our lives. Truly that's, What I strive for, that's what I long for, is that I would live in that fullness that he has for my life. And we want that for everybody else. And we recognize that sometimes it's a bit of a process, which I will talk about in a few moments. But we want each and every person to be living to their God-given intended capacity. And that's why we want to talk about identity um, in these next few weeks. So here's a few um, areas that I've struggled with over the years and still have to overcome once in a while. So one of them is confidence um, and really the, the lack of confidence. Um, 
And this lack of confidence is closely linked with, with unworthiness and insecurity. And in this, it is, I always find myself second-guessing myself. And um, it's okay, I find, to second-guess yourself every once in a while in certain situations. But when, when it's constant, it really cripples how you live your life if you're constantly second-guessing yourself. It affects how you can lead. It's, in, in my particular case, it has affected how I lead, how I perhaps perform at work, how um, I relate with my spouse or my kids, um, etc. The list goes on. When you second guess yourself, it affects how you live your life. And, um, and so for me, I had to learn what God said about me and have that voice, so to speak, louder in my life, right? That's, so I've, over time, I've had to learn this about myself and I've had to continue to work in this area of allowing his truth speak louder than these, these lies that I sometimes experience. Another area is comparison. So again, somewhere along the line, I, I decided not to focus on the good stuff that God put in me, but I decided to focus on all the good stuff that God put in everybody else, right? It's so easy in our own lives to look at all of these, the, the, the sort of the negative things that we see in our own lives and look at everybody else's highlight reels, so to speak, right? On Facebook, you can look on, on, you can look on Facebook and think, oh, their life must be perfect. Look at all the profile pictures. Look at all the posts that they've been putting on. Everything is wonderful, right? But really what we're looking at is somebody's highlight reel, aren't we? We're not looking at probably their reality. Nobody generally puts on Facebook, just had an incredible fight with my wife. Uh, we hate each other right now and take a snapshot while I'm yelling at her. Like that, normally that doesn't happen or, or whatever else it might be. Had a horrible day at work, don't like my boss, whatever. I mean, we don't, well, yes. Okay, they, some people do and it's not very tactful. But anyhow, my point is, is often we're looking at people's highlight reels instead of um, instead of also some of their flaws, so to speak. And so we compare ourselves and next thing you know, we, we, we tend to just um, not think very highly of ourselves in a way that would be appropriate in our own lives. And so over time, when it came to communicating, leading, casting vision, I would look at how amazing, again, everyone else was um, and feel less and less capable of what God had put in my own life. So I was looking at all these qualities that others had and then thinking, man, I just don't have what it takes, right? I have a few stories, but I won't get into all the stories. Comparing ourselves to others instead of embracing who God says you are will only keep you feeling less about yourself and cripple you from doing what God has called you to do again. Another area was uh, another area that I've struggled in is is um, I wrote here challenged. So in other words, I meant unintelligent. So growing up, um, I was really good at PE, really good at woodworking, fantastic, um, you know, at sports and different things like that. That was sort of the area that I thrived and was quite happy to thrive in those areas. Um, but when it comes to maths and English and science and history and the list goes on, like all the stuff that that is actually really important probably, um, 
I just struggled with it. And uh, there's a lot of different reasons, and I won't get into all of those different reasons. But basically, I I simply believe that I wouldn't accomplish much uh, in this life. And even when I became a follower of Christ, this sort of mindset still followed me. I remember once, um, very early when I became a Christian, uh, this individual spoke over my life and they said, in the next uh, number of years, you're going to be reading a, a, an incredible amount of books. I thought, dude, you are so way off on that. You clearly don't know me and you're not hearing from the Lord. And then very shortly after that, I enrolled into Bible college and read for the next four years. So he was quite accurate. But I just, it was like, I just didn't want to hear it. And I also knew, uh, guy, I just don't have what it takes to be able to do that. Um, another area in regards to this challenge, unintelligent, is uh, once I did really well, um, I got exempt what, uh, from taking my final French um, test. The reason I got exempt was because my overall mark throughout the year was 80%. And so that was really good. So then I didn't have to take the test. The problem is, um, and Kyla could attest to this and my, my children could, is I don't know a word of French. I'm horrible at it um, because I just copied from others and that's how I got my 80%. So I'm not proud of that, but it was just the truth and what happened in, in my life. Uh, another area was um, in, in science. I uh, didn't do too well in science. I wish I did now because I love all those like crime investigation movies and uh, different things like that. But I didn't do very, very well in science. And um, basically, for one of our final exams, I went into it knowing um, that I don't know anything. And so I decided that it was multiple choice. And so there was A, B, C, and D. So I took a coin. And uh, with the coin, I flipped it. And if it landed on heads, it would be A and C. If it landed tails, it would be B and D. And then when I got it down from four to two, I flipped the coin again. And if it was heads, it would be B or D. Or if it was tails, it would be, you know, C or A or C. doesn't really matter. My point is, is I used a coin to get all my answers as I did my multiple choice test. And, um, and I did that, again, because I had really just decided in my own mind that that I'm not going to ever pass this, so who cares? And that's sort of how I was. So these are some of these areas of struggle that I had in my life. And again, I had to learn God's truth for my life and understand that that life won't always be a walk in the park, so to speak, but that doesn't mean you can't and won't do great things, right? So um, again, I share some of these struggles because the majority of us have stuff that defines us, right? Ultimately affecting how we live and what we do for his kingdom. We allow often these lies define us instead of God's truth to define us. And really, it's not God's desire that we allow these other things to define us. He wants us to look at ourselves not from our perspective, but from his perspective. And really, until we have a healthy perspective of ourselves that comes from the word of God, that then we should, then it's okay to look at ourselves from our perspective because we have the right perspective that comes from him. And so we need his perspective on our lives. 
And so this is again why we want to talk about identity in Christ, because it's something that is so, so important for our lives to really understand and walk in that. Um, and yet it's so, in, in so many ways, um, it is potentially one big challenge for believers to really walk in their identity for Christ. So um, here we go. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for uh, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So this is this is a, a loaded verse. There's a lot of stuff that we could talk about in this. Um, and so the first thing we're gonna I'm gonna talk to you about is workmanship. So this word workmanship means something that is made, something that's made, which seems fairly obvious, right? But in this particular case, it's important to highlight that the his workmanship we are his making right? We're not somebody else's. We are his making. And so whether we want to believe that, whether we like it, whether we want to admit it, or whether we're quite happy with that, we exist because of God. And in him, we live and we move and we have our being because we are his making. That Again, it's like we're his workmanship. That's, that's his truth over our lives. And, and he wants us to really understand that further than just in our heads, but in our hearts. So we're his making and he doesn't make junk. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes, but he makes masterpieces. And that's the truth for our lives. I want us to, to see that even though we may see shortcomings in our lives, he sees nothing but works of art. And he's the artist. He's the one that sort of paints our picture. And what I appreciate about pieces of artwork is that they are all different, unique, and valuable and actually, the only way that they lose these sort of three elements is, is when it, when a copy is made. Right? When you think of a piece of art, if you go to an art gallery in, in France or different art galleries around, when it's the original painting or the original piece of art, there's incredible value on it. And in this particular case, it would be financial. There's an incredible financial value on that piece. But as soon as copies are made of it, the value goes down, correct? And so, so the only, um, so when God thought of you, he didn't say, I will make you like him or her because I think I did a really great job on them, right? He didn't just clone us. He says, I will make everyone a one of a kind because I can, first of all, just because he was capable of doing that, but be, but also because he loves seeing his handiwork um, experiencing everything that he created us for. It brings him pleasure to see us living in the full potential that he has created us for. And he wants each and every one of us to just 
love that reality that we are his handiwork, that we are each valuable and unique, and, and he planned it that way. And so this is that moment where I want to take just a second to pray with us. Because if you're anything like me, you hear all of these things, but you have a, another hundred, you have 101 reasons to say, well, but there's this going on in my life and there's this going on in my life and there's that going on. And we need to see this as his truth for our lives. But I think sometimes it can't just be received in the sense of a mental way, but we need to, we need to experience it in our hearts. So I just want to take a second to pray. That, that what you're going to hear today and even what you have been hearing will go deep into your heart. That it will go past your sort of mental processing, but that God would just, um, just deposit this into your heart. So let's just pray together. Lord, we recognize that there are so many things that bombard us daily, that tell us, tell us things that are, that are not truth, that are lies about our own lives. And today, we want to walk in your identity. Lord, we want to receive that, that we're your workmanship, that we are your masterpiece, that we are unique and you designed us unique for, for an intended purpose. And Lord, we thank you that, that that intended purpose is good and that you don't make junk, that you don't make mistakes, but you make amazing pieces of art. And we are, so to speak, your, your artwork. And I just pray, Father, that today as we continue to work through this message and even as we continue to work through identity, our identity in you, Father, that, that we would um, receive everything that's being said about us because, because it, it's, it's your word and it's truth. And I thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're his workmanship. Um, the next part of the scripture says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, we see um, some powerful imagery. And this imagery is God as the potter and us being pieces of clay. And Isaiah 64, 8, it says, Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So in this particular passage, God is speaking to his chosen people, the Israelites. But it completely, completely relates to us right now. Because in the New Testament, we as followers of Christ, um, through the gift of salvation, right, have been grafted into or adopted into God's family. This again is, is identity talk. So we've been grafted into or I adopted into God's family and have been made partakers of his promises and have inherited all the blessings of the Lord. And obviously we can't go into all of, again, what this, what this involves. And I guess part of this will maybe be talking a little bit in life group, uh, you know, so we can expand on this somewhat so we can really appreciate what is all involved in here in this. But the reality is that we are his chosen people. Again, um, in the New Testament, we read that you did not choose me or we did not choose God, but he chose us, right? He chose us. And he is shaping us into his quality masterpiece because we are his children. 
and his children, he has good works to accomplish through our lives, which he prepared beforehand. Because we're his children, he has these amazing good works to accomplish in our lives. Now, I just want to say this, because sometimes I think people think, oh, well, then maybe God just has these like warped motives, selfish motives. You know, really, he's just trying to shape you because he has this purpose for you. And it's just to kind of meet the needs that he has, sort of playing devil's advocate. Right. But God, you know, we're not his little pawns that he just moves around to get what he wants. That's that's not the God we serve. His good works for our lives are designed not only to see his kingdom expand, but to bring fulfillment and make us truly alive as well. As his children, he wants to see us excel and truly come alive. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to truly come alive. And we come alive in his plan, in his purposes. We come alive when we're doing the work that he's called us to do. And he knows us so well. He knows exactly what it is that he wants us to be doing. He truly knows what is best for our lives. And true fulfillment comes when we when we do see his kingdom expand. I mean, I've done some really great things in life. I've been I've gotten married, I've had kids, I've gone on some nice holidays. I've done some really great things, and I love those things. And I think God wants me to find like complete like just joy in those things. But but there's something incredible about really knowing and walking in the purpose that he has for you. And, and going and praying for someone and going and speaking to someone and, and doing, exp- like ex- seeing his kingdom extend and expand through your life. There's something so fulfilling about that when you're helping the poor, when you're helping the widow, when you're helping the orphan. I mean, there's something that is just, that, that just will not compare to that because you're doing what God has called you to do and you're seeing his kingdom expand. And so, he has this plan, but we're a part of that plan, and he wants to see us uh, functioning in that plan because he wants us to really come alive, and that's how we truly come alive. So walking in his identity for our lives shouldn't be something that we take lightly, right? But something we long to walk in and experience. I've, it's, it's something that really we should look at it and go, I need to know my identity in Christ to the point that my life truly depends on it. The fullness of your life depends, I think, on really walking in that identity that he has for you. So we have this um, clump of clay up on the, the screen here. And so I've never shaped clay, but I had an idea of how it was done. But just to make sure, um, I Googled it and discovered a couple of things regarding clay and the potter. So so basically, and many of you are probably aware of this, but the potter takes a clump of clay, like the picture there, um, then he kneads it, so kind of massages it and works it through, and, and then he begins to work it into a desired or required shape. And you've probably seen pictures where 
you know, there's a nice vase and there's hands and it's shaping it to a really, you know, nice shape. Um, so once that process has taken place, it sits to dry and then it gets heated to extremely high temperatures in what's called a kiln, kiln which removes any excess water from the clay, which induces a reaction that leads to permanent changes, including increasing strength. So I'm sure if I had a legit potter in here this morning, he could probably explain or she could probably explain the process a little bit better than I just did. But basically that is pot being a potter in a nutshell, right? So this got me thinking that if the clay had feelings, that this process um, would probably be fairly uncomfortable at times. The massaging part might be okay, right? But then there's the part where you're put in a kiln, and that part probably would not be very comfortable if the pot, if the clay had feelings, which obviously it doesn't. But uh, just go along with that, right? Um, so it would probably be fairly uncomfortable. And yet in order for it to be used for its intended purpose, the entire process must take place, right? I mean, it, it, if, if that entire process is short circuited in any way, the bottom line is what its intended purpose will, will not take place, um, will not happen. So so it is with God working in our lives. We are children of God. We are chosen. We're his masterpiece. And yet, in this, we are also his beloved chunk, chunks of clay. Right? All different, we're all at different stages depending on what God is working on in our lives. Right? In this room, there is this, this element of our identity in Christ, we're chosen, we are his masterpiece, we're children of God, we're going to learn more terminology of who we are in Christ, and yet we are still these chunks of clay that are in process and being worked on, and we're all at different stages in that process. And sometimes a part of what God's wanting to teach you or you wanting to learn will get completed and that will be wonderful, and there will be a maturity in that area of your life, and then there will come along something else that God needs to work on. And so then he'll begin to work on that area. And it's just this process that we go through. And so in this process, we, we are in trustworthy, good hands. That's what I want us to understand. In the areas of my own life that I've struggled in, and still struggle in sometimes, I have to remind myself, of my identity in Christ. And I have to remind myself that sometimes I'm going to be on this process and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm in the best hands that I could ever be in with God. The last part of this verse says this, so that we can walk in it. So I've discovered that there is a difference between walking in something and working in something, right? So, when I take my dog for a walk, when Liz, you take your dog for a walk, and anybody else that might have a dog, it's really quite effortless, as long as they're behaving, and I mean, maybe the story could break down a little bit, but generally speaking, when I take my little Fisher for a walk, it's a fairly 
effortless exercise. I enjoy it, um, and I just try as best as I can to go to sort of my nothing box in my brain and think about nothing except for me and my little white fluffy dog walking along the road. It's just effortless, right? But when I'm working at something, it takes effort. Whatever that is, we all work at things differently. Some of us are using our hands. Some of us are using our minds. You know, obviously, you're, at times you're using both at the same time. Um, but we all, when it comes to work, it takes effort. And so I'm definitely not saying that we shouldn't work hard, right? We should and we need to. But I believe that when we truly live from this place of God's identity, our relationship and what he has called us to will, um, won't feel like work, right? But there will be an ease along with a security and this freedom when we are walking in that identity that he has for us. There will be an ease. And don't get, again, you know, there's times in our lives where, where there's struggles and there's challenges and all of these sorts of things. But I really think when we, when we truly walk in that, in our identity in Christ, there's just this new level of freedom in this relationship with our maker. We don't have to try and prove ourselves. We don't have to try and strive. We can just be. We can just accept who we are in Christ and just allow him to love us and we love him and we just journey together, right? So there's this difference between working in it and walking in it. And this scripture makes it really clear that we want to just walk in what Christ has called us to and called us um, forth. So knowing and walking in God's identity for your life doesn't mean, again, that we won't have these struggles, challenges, etc. What it means is that this stuff doesn't define you. God does. God defines us. And for that reason, we're in good hands. And the, I guess just a couple of last thoughts is this. In 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul talks about having a thorn in, in, uh, in the flesh. And I won't go into all of the details and kind of backstory and all of that in regards to this particular passage, because um, that's another message altogether. But what I wanted to just simply highlight is he says this in verse 9. He says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So that's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So this doesn't mean that we, we should accept the lies that we have about ourselves. It simply means Paul knew who he was in Christ and that God is bigger than all of his stuff. That God is bigger than all of our stuff. And that his grace is truly enough for our lives. His grace is what we need to really be hanging on to as we go through this process of really discovering and understanding and knowing in our hearts this our identity in him. So as we, as we close, I want to remind us that 
speaking words that are clearly not God's thoughts only keeps us from God's desired plans for our lives. And so, as I said earlier, we, we truly need to come to that place where we, we long to experience and walk in his identity because that's when we will find true fulfillment. That's when we will truly um, live his kingdom purposes through our lives. And so, um, you know, as I had mentioned before, what I've had to really remind myself of often is when it comes to comparison, I've had to remind myself that I'm, that I'm unique. Um, and, and that is on purpose. And each one of you are unique in Christ. And that was his intended purpose. The areas when, when I feel like I just am not smart enough. I just can't figure this out. I have to remind myself that the word tells me that I um, have the mind of Christ, right? That I can do what he's called me to do because he's empowered me to do that and I have his mind. So that's another. And then in regards to just having a lack of confidence, I just have to remind myself that I can, that I can do all things in Christ, right? That, that he has designed me this way and that I have a, this purpose. And I don't know what it is that maybe you struggle with that are the lies that are in your life that, that speak louder than God's truth for your life. I'm not sure what those are, but this morning I want you just to be thinking about those and perhaps you've already been thinking about them. And in this next just couple of moments, I want us to take time to pray for us and, um, and just ask God to help us to really accept his identity for our lives and reject the lies that others, that the enemy, that culture, whatever it might be, would speak. Maybe it's just something that's taken place in our lives that we just uh, have not been able to let go of. These are the things that I think God wants to, to just come and over today and over these next few weeks to, to, to just really change the way that we're thinking so we can walk in his identity. So Isaac, if you don't mind, do you mind just playing the piano? Just how you play. It will be perfect. Um, the truth as we close this morning is that we are his workmanship. And as I said earlier, he doesn't make junk, he doesn't make mistakes, but he makes masterpieces. And so let's just close our eyes together. We don't need to stand. We, But I just want to pray for us. Just in this moment, I'm, I'm just going to give about a minute of just silence. Um, Isaac can... can continue to play but just be asking yourself God what are some areas in my life that maybe are not in alignment with your word there might be some areas that you're actually not completely aware that it's not in alignment with the word you actually maybe just don't know what the word in certain areas of your life say about you and that's where Chris and myself and others here may be able to just speak 
that truth into your lives. We could just chat afterwards. I think it's so important that we that we know God's truth for our lives. So just take this few moments just to be thinking. I'll be quiet for a moment and then we'll pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.